Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to welcome everybody to the First Baptist Church here in Coleraine, Massachusetts, the hills, the beautiful hills of Massachusetts. Appreciate everyone who's listening, watching, wherever you may be. And uh, we're continuing on in the book of Hebrews, the final chapter, chapter 13. And uh, this, whoever the writer was, most likely the Apostle Paul, uh, he seems like he's cramming everything in in this last part, section of his letter because he knows he's going to be finishing the letter. So just about every verse is a different subject. So this is why I'm breaking it up into three sections, into three-thirds. The title of this message today is Sound Biblical Teaching, because there's so many false teachers and unsound, unbiblical teaching today. Amen? So this is the final chapter, and uh, in the introduction, we've already looked at the first five verses, uh, the writer presents some practical instructions, very practical instructions for us to practice uh, love, hospitality, because you might be entertaining angels unawares, amen, uh, purity, we're supposed to be different, we are different, and contentment, we should find our contentment in what God has given to us, amen. So today we'll learn about the need to respect our spiritual leaders and also to be sure to maintain sound biblical teaching. Okay? So I'll let Rick read verses 6 through 15. So you want to take your Bibles? Or if you have a pew Bible, you'll see that it starts on page 1879. Again, Hebrews 13, 6 through 15. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by ceremonial foods, which are of no value to those who eat them. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering. But the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For, he, for here... We do not have an enduring city, 
but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through Jesus, therefore, we can let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to our hearts this morning. Thank you, Rick. So you see there in verse 6, well, let's open in a word of prayer first. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for those that are here, those that may be listening and watching. We, uh, we believe it's not by coincidence that you're doing this. And uh, we pray that you, to, uh, this message will speak to each one of us and we'll apply it to our lives and uh, we, we won't forget what we hear and let it go in one ear and out the other and uh, we're meant to uh, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and by the only way we can do that is by applying what we've learned and put it into practice by your grace through the Holy Spirit in Jesus name Amen Verse 6, it says, uh, So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What men, what mere men, mortals do to me. Do you believe that? That the Lord is your helper? It says we're not to be afraid. There's a lot to be fearful about. But uh, not for the Christian. Because what can mere mortals do to us? The worst thing that anyone could do is to uh, afflict the body and kill us physically, but then our spirit goes to be with the Lord, so, and that's eternal. That's why so many uh, people that are willing to give up their lives and not recant and uh, compromise their faith in Jesus Christ. Many of them were burned at the stake put to death. Many people today in the third world are being slaughtered and imprisoned for their faith in Christ. And they're willing to do that knowing that, uh, you know, they're going to go to heaven when they die. So why should we be afraid what mere mortals do to us? The creator of the universe cares for us. And he works out all things for our good to those that love him and to those who know him. My question to you is, do you know him? To know him is to love him. I think there's a song that talks about that. To know him is to love him. I'm not going to sing it, honest. Really. I'm tempted. No, carry on. Just as the writer reminds us in verse 8 that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So why should we fear anything or anyone? Because he's always there to help us, and he promises to never leave us nor forsake us. You know, other people, people will forsake us. People will leave us, but Jesus never. Amen? Amen. Subject change, verse 7. We're told to remember the spiritual leaders. 
meaning we are to imitate, to copy their lives of faithfulness to Jesus. Those men and women who have been our mentors, our teachers, to help us and encourage us in the faith. Do you, do you know people like that that have helped you in your spiritual growth, in your faith? Mentors that we should imitate, that we should copy since we've been saved. Let us do that. Now in verse 9a, the writer warns. We've got another warning coming up. Bible's full of warnings which we need to take heed. What's the warning? Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. The word doctrine means teaching, okay? Teaching. And there's a lot of weird teaching going around today, and there always has been, even when this writer wrote this, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus taught his disciples, he often warned them of what would happen after he would die, be buried, rose again from the dead, and ascend to heaven. False teachers would creep in to the church. Lots of warnings in the New Testament also. The Apostle Paul, he writes to young pastor Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4, he said, the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, clearly says in latter times, we're living in the end times before Jesus comes back. We've been living in the latter times the last 2,000 years. In the latter times, in the end times, some will abandon the faith. So they must have had some faith in the first place, in order to abandon it later, amen? Some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits. That's where false teaching comes from, deceiving spirits. They'll follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. So it's no joke, it's no laughing matter. That's where it's from, the pit of hell, inspired by the devil who controls his servants, the evil spirits, the demons. Such teaching, or doctrines, some such teachings, plural, come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. So you have to have spiritual discernment to know what is true and what is false. How do you know that? The Bible, what the Bible says, not what other people would interpret, what it's supposed to say, what they think it says. We've got false teachers today, many in our day that do not believe that the word of God, the Bible, is the word of God. They do not believe it. They'll pick things out 
some of it, they'll believe some of it, but they won't believe all of it. But like I said last week, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture, from Genesis to Revelation. Some of these false teachers today, some quite famous, uh, only believe some of it that suits their philosophy. And to be popular uh, by not offending anyone by their teaching, which is false. They want to be popular. But if you're going to preach the gospel and you want to be uh, true and honest, and you, look, you really do love people, you're not looking to be popular. All right? The disciples were not popular. In fact, all of them were martyred for their faith because they stuck by what Jesus taught. They suffered the consequences. And so many people have done since. Too numerous to mention. Any teaching that differs from what the Holy Bible says, or any teacher that doesn't adhere and preach what was originally given by God's prophets, who were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write down his thoughts, is walking on very dodgy ground. And there's a price to play for those who corrupt the scriptures, and it tells us that clearly in a number of passages, and I'm going to turn to Revelation, the last chapter of Revelation, in verse 18, which is chapter 22, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds anything to them, God would add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes words away from this book of prophecy, God will take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things say, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. So it's patently obvious that those false teachers, even today, many famous teachers, are going to suffer the consequences. The message is clear. Changing sound biblical doctrine, sound biblical teaching, leads to false teaching. And those who change it are in dire danger. There is dire consequences for those who seek to alter what the word of God says. Let's go to the book of Galatians, chapter 1. Listen to what it says. So you've got these false teachers that came into the church of Galatia. And Paul warns the believers there. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. They're reverting back to the Old Testament law. 
again, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach a gospel other than the word we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. In other words, cursed. Forever. As we have already said, and so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. So it's no, it's no joking matter. It's very, very serious. So let's look at verse 9 again, but uh, the second half of it. Another change of subject. How long have you got today? Good. For it is good that the heart be established by grace, not with foods which have no, not profited those who have been occupied with them. Some of these Jewish Christians were still looking for approval by abstaining from certain types of food that were forbidden for Jews to eat in the Old Testament. Remember, these are Jews, but they are saved. They're complete. They are born-again Jews. And they were looking for approval by abstaining from certain foods that they, the Jews were forbidden to eat. But the writer assures them that abstaining from certain types of food doesn't make them any more spiritual because they're no longer under the law and have the liberty to eat whatever they wanted to eat. That it's fried camel, whatever the case may be. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, 3 and 4. In the end times, false teachers will forbid people to marry. Does that sound familiar? Forbid people to marry. Order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving. And I hope you thank the Lord before you eat your food to remember where it came from. Which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good. I love to repeat that. For everything God created is good and nothing to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. There it is again. Because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. So what do we do when we eat? We've got the food set out before us. You wait. You pray. 
you thank God for it. Right? Remember where it came from. Amen? I don't be embarrassed to do that in restaurants either. Oh, what would they think? Who cares what they think? Verse 10. Change the subject again. He says, we have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The writer points out the Old Testament scriptures predicts God's plan to provide a new covenant through Jesus Christ, the Lord. He is the new covenant. He ushered in the new covenant. We're no longer under the law. By the new covenant sacrifice, rather than relying on the old system, animal sacrifices, the old covenant animal sacrifices. No matter how sincere people may be, those who put their trust in the works of the law and the rituals or the sacraments to be saved are not justified before God apart from believing faith in Jesus Christ. The works of the law cannot save anybody. It's never designed to do that. The writer in verse 11 compares Jesus' physical death with the process used in the Old Testament to consecrate the priests. Now, you've got to put your thinking caps on and stay with me because this is deep stuff, all right? So you can, you can lose things in translation, even though I'm speaking English. In fact, I'm the only one that does speak English here. <laughs> but I'm learning American. All righty then. I'll say again. The writer compares Jesus' physical death with the process used in the Old Testament to consecrate the priests. Jesus' execution was outside the city walls of Jerusalem, yes? yes. Which parallels how the body of those animal sacrifices for sin were burned outside the camp, outside the city walls. In verse 12 it says, And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate. See, that's where Calvary is. That's where he was crucified, amen? It wasn't in Jerusalem, the city. It was outside the camp, outside the city gate. Outside the city gate to make the people holy through his blood. We may not act holy, but God sees us as holy. Positionally, we are holy in God's eyes. All right? So the physical components of the old covenant like the animal sacrifices, were meant to be symbolic. They are meant to symbolize the real sacrifice of Jesus 
on a cross. The casting outside the city gate was meant to imply being discarded and unwanted. Amen? Just like Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, he was unwanted. He was despised. He was rejected. He was discarded outside the gate when he shed his sinless blood outside the walls of Jerusalem. Just as animals were killed to dedicate the Old Testament priests, which they were, to dedicate them to God. So Jesus died to dedicate in his service those of us who would believe in him by faith. Final verse. The writer, he states that real faith is also demonstrated not only by our works, our good works, but also our worship of God. Our worship of God. Him being praised with our lips that comes from a grateful heart to our loving Heavenly Father. This is the attitude we should have when we come to church to offer praises with our lips from a heart that is grateful and thankful for what he has done and for who he is. Amen. That's true worship. That's what worship is about. Not going through the formalities. And God knows our hearts. And those of us who are saved, and I don't need to tell you that we ought to be, we are thankful for what he has done. That should inspire us, that should promote us to do good works, good deeds for him and for others. Because you do it for others, you're doing it unto him. Amen? It's an act of worship. An act of worship. Sharing with people in need. And there's so many people in need. There's so many people that are suffering. I had to have some surgery done, as you know, last week. And, uh, you know, all the poor people there, they've got pieces that have taken it out of their bodies. Cancer. And there was a, a lady who's had numerous types of surgery on, on her nose. And, you know, she's shaking because she's got Hodgkin's disease. And she's there by herself. And, she, you know, she, she's asking the question, well, why, why would this happen to me? And uh, I got uh, talking with her, you know, and maybe... Maybe it was because she, she was meant to meet me and I could share with her how much God loves her and uh, to pray and to cast all her care upon the Lord because he cares for her. And, you know, sharing the gospel with her that Jesus died and suffered and that he, he rose again from the dead. She said, I believe that. 
I believe that. So you just, you just never know. You just never know. People help share not only their physical needs, but also their spiritual needs. And everyone who's outside of Christ, their greatest need is to know Jesus. Christians are to do good to others. But good deeds can never rescue us from the penalty of sin. Only believing faith in Jesus Christ can do that. You never know where an encouraging word will go a long way to helping somebody in need. You, you will never know how much people are suffering. They put on a brave front. It's only Jesus that can justify sinners before a holy God. The sacrifice of his beloved son on a cross. So I'm asking you, do you believe that? Have you ever called upon the name of the Lord to save you? Have you ever asked Jesus to save you? He wants you to come to him. He's there out with his outstretched arms waiting for you to come. Have you ever done that? In Revelation chapter 20, it says, And the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who is thirsty come. Whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. The water of life is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord, the Holy Spirit. That's how a person can be born again and justified by faith in Jesus. The only way. He is the only way. Do you believe that in your heart? Then come. Go to Jesus by faith and ask him to forgive you. So you can be saved. And because Jesus loves us so much, he demonstrated that on the cross. What more could he do? Would you want to come back? Having gone to heaven, to this sin-sick world, with all its problems, knowing that you'd be crucified on a cross and be rejected and discarded by people who we loved. No, we wouldn't do that, but then we're not Jesus. That's how much he loves us. Sacrificing himself in order to save our souls. We're lost. We're born in trespasses and sins. Without hope. So, any sacrifice in our life should be out of love for what he's done for us. And to praise him for what he's done and for who he is. Let's close in prayer.
Father, it's just overwhelming. We just take it for granted. But the sacrifice that you made was beyond comprehension. But it, it pointed to what was going on in the Old Testament sacrifices where they sacrificed those animals, hundreds if not thousands and thousands of innocent lambs. But you are the innocent lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And may we never forget. May we offer up our praise out of true thankfulness and our desire to help people in need that are lost, not to condemn them. They don't know any better. They're not saved. They have no hope. But while there's life, there is hope. May we never be ashamed. Because you bore the shame. And let's not forget it. And I appeal to those of you that have never come to Christ. That you will. To take of the waters of life freely. God is offering you eternal life. And it may be free for you, but it cost Jesus Christ his life. He poured out his life blood for you, sinner. Now, if you choose to continue to reject him, then God will reject you. Obviously. He's not going to allow you into his heaven. That discard, reject, despise his son. Believe by faith. What you cannot see, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead and call upon his name to save you. And if that prayer was genuine and sincere, then he will. And I hope you do that. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you very much. And God bless you all. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.